Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. Here at Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here, including this podcast, is to reach, teach, and train people for Christ. Well, welcome back, Life Group Leaders. We are back in action with our Life Group starting back up this week. It's also a privilege to join you guys yesterday in our life group leader training as we orient our minds and get ourselves prepared for the 2024 year. I mean, as we think about our sermon, Maintaining Eternal Priorities, it was a wonderful time for us to maintain and set these priorities that we're going to be focusing on this year as leaders. We know there are a lot of needs in the souls of uh, the people in our life groups, and you guys are that first line of, of defense in uh, in the spiritual lives of uh, of our church, and so we're grateful for you and taking on this mantle of leadership in 2024. So, with that being said, why don't we jump into uh, a little recap of this sermon in the context of even you as a life group leader, but also in you as the facilitator of this discussion to your life group this week. Well, the title of this sermon is "Making It Count." Maintaining Eternal Priorities in 2024. And the preaching point was, beginning your year with a renewed commitment to focus on eternal priorities is crucial for a fruitful and fulfilling 2024. And we had two teaching points with a plethora of subpoints. And the first point was, get your priorities straight. And you guys as life group leaders know how important priorities are to your life and how we got to make sure that we're doing the right things the right way with the right people. And uh, your subpoints there were, number one, God is first, spouse is second, children is third, church is fourth, work is fifth, and you are last. And everything goes before you, including as we think about neighbors, co-workers, uh, roommates, even as in brought up this weekend, uh, just be thinking about how you can help curate this priority list for your life group. And I don't mean necessarily changing too much of it around, but, you know, I think as some of your life groups, uh, you know, you're listening to this, you have a singles group, you don't have a lot of spouses. Some of you who uh, have a groups who have a lot of people who don't have kids, uh, well, you're going to make sure that we're going to say, okay, well, maybe this that isn't applicable for everyone in your life group, but this list, you, you can still say God, spouse, church, work, uh, and then what needs to go before them in their life? Well, everything. And so anything that matters has to go before you. And this is a question I'm going to address even in our uh, Compass Equip podcast, this idea of boundaries and you know, how do I take care of myself? And, and again, it's just that is just the, the, the wrong perspective of a of Bible centered Christian to say, how do I focus on myself? I mean, the whole fact of the matter is I can't focus on myself. And the beauty for that in that, even though it's it's counterintuitive, is the less I focus on myself and the more I focus outward on uh, these priorities, the more those priorities exist in a real way to undergird and support and care for me. Not that we do it so that they uh, they come to care for me, but it is a natural progression of maintaining right priorities. We maintain the right priorities outward. Those things become a, a, a conduit and, and a resource for the care and nurture of my life personally. 
And so really, I find the most that I can be loved and nurtured and cared about is when I am most loving, nurturing, and caring about the priorities that God has given me. And so I do think uh, it's going to take a little bit of uh, wisdom on your part as you uh, dissect this priority list to apply it to uh, to your life group. But I do think that's a solid list to, to start uh, as a foundation for your life group to start thinking through. Point number two is get after it, right? I mean, you've got these priorities, and everyone knows, at least in part, like, yeah, I got to put God first, and if I'm married, I got to put my spouse, you know, right there at the top, and I got all this stuff, children work, and I just get so overwhelmed, and when I get overwhelmed, I just shut down, and I just don't do anything, and it's like, okay, well, you got to get after it, and if we're going to get after it, what we got to do is we got to, the first sub point there is get over yourself. Like, I understand life is hard, right? We understand that that's why Christ came, because it was so hard that we could not, on and on our own, uh, conquer this life and provide for ourselves in any eternal manner. So, yes, we understand that we can't do this. I mean, that is why, you know, I, I do... W- when I think about priorities and I think about people who talk to me and it seems like they have the idea of priorities mixed up and they have this toxic boundary culture in, uh, in mind all the time. I'm thinking the problem is often the fact that we're not willing to get over ourselves. Like we're, will, we're we just can't let go of making ourselves number one. And uh, if we're going to get our priorities straight, we're going to have to get over ourselves in order to put God first. I mean, I can't put God first if I'm first. I can't love my spouse if I'm just loving myself. I cannot raise and rear my children in in the environment God created if I'm making things about me. I'm certainly not going to love my church if I'm busy about doing my own things. Uh, Work the same way. I mean, everything that that we do... uh, if we aren't getting over ourselves, is ultimately for us. And to do anything for anyone else is just a hindrance to, uh, t- to me. And we then look, and I don't mean to be shadow boxing, but just to think about this. People say, well, anytime I've got to do something for the church or for God or for my spouse, or for my, it, just, it just keeps giving me anxiety. And it just keeps, it makes things worse and worse and worse because I feel like I can never take care of myself. It's the problem. Because every time you see something come up that you definitely need to take care of, you keep saying, well, if I do that, that's less for me. And it's like, well, yeah, well yes, it, it is. And if you will get your priorities straight and start getting after your priorities, you're going to find that as you're living out your God-given priorities, uh, that your needs, uh, your own life is going to be in alignment with God's word. And he promises in Matthew six thirty three that he's going to take care of your immediate needs, those things that are so necessary for you to live each and every day because you're seeking first his kingdom. And is raising your children, according to God's word, Seeking God's kingdom first, absolutely, is loving your spouse, and if you're if your husband, if sacrificially loving your spouse, and as a wife, if, if submitting to your husband, uh, is that seeking first the kingdom of God? Absolutely, right? is making sure that you're connected to your church, attending your church, serving your church, and pouring yourself out for the brothers and sisters in Christ. Is that seeking first the kingdom of God? Absolutely, is going to work and working your tail off, and in, in providing for your family and providing uh, even in, in some way for your church family and those around you. Is that seeking first the kingdom of God? Absolutely. Is living life for yourself, putting yourself first, and uh, figuring out how you can do less so you can spend more time doing what you want to do, is that seeking first the kingdom of God? Absolutely not. And so that idea of getting over yourself is so pivotal in our culture, particularly in our church, to say, 
you want to start doing the things that God calls you to do, you've got to get over yourself. You got to make it about God. That's that second sub point. God makes everything about himself because that's the greatest thing that he could ever do for humanity is to get us to look at him because he is the preeminent, the paramount, the pinnacle of everything. And so for us to do the most glorious thing, to do the most just thing, God would say, you need to do this and you need to make it about me. And then ultimately the third thing is we want to make it about the go, we want to go with the go-getters. Run with the runners, you've heard it said. We want to make sure that personally, like me, it's like I, even when I started figuring out where do I want to work, like in ministry, where do I want to work? And uh, I interviewed for churches and I talked to, to different pastors and leaders who were interviewing me. And ultimately it came down to like, who's running? Like wh- I want to go to a church that's running. I want a church that's getting it. I want a church where I can go there and say, we're going to make a difference and we're going to work really hard. And I ended up being, I ended up going to compass and planting compass hill country. And, you know, at the end of the day, I made the decision not based on location and not based on anything, but who's running. Cause I want to go with those people because at the end of the day, I hope I'm like those people and I can be like those people if I will go with those people. And ultimately that's the, really the Christian life in a nutshell. Are you going and spending time with the people who love the Lord, who are living for the Lord? All right, life group leaders, you got a, a fun group of application questions this week. The first one's like normal. The second one is going to be focused on the personal action plan that you received uh, as one of your handouts this week. And I want to encourage you. I mean, of course, first question two requires that you would go over the personal action plan, at least a little bit in discussion. You don't have to go into detail, but uh, really impress upon your life group the need to hey do you feel this out what do you think have you have is this helping you think about your kingdom commitments in 2024 how are you going to maintain these commitments in 2024 uh, really uh, whip that personal action plan out and, and help your group see the need for them to uh, begin articulating and uh, putting in, in their in their mind uh, the, the necessity to say I'm going to accomplish these things this year for the Lord. Uh, and the rest of the questions will go along with that. Hey, how do we set eternal priorities and why is it a struggle? How can you set some good uh, priorities this year and how can you resolve to maintain these this year? I mean, all these questions are going to be so helpful, I think, for your group. Uh, Number four, I really think you should spend some time there talking about personal sacrifices and working hard towards the right things. I mean, this is something that people struggle with, of being motivated to sacrifice their personal agendas and to work hard. You know, when I talk to people, I mean, even the questions you'll see a little bit in the uh, uh, Compass Equip podcast. I mean, there's these people just struggle with saying, you're telling me to say no to myself more. I, th- I feel like all I do is say no to myself. And uh, really, all we got to do is look at scripture, and it tells us you've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross. you got to follow me. Now, you got to be last. If you want to be first, the person who will be first must be the slave of all. And it's like in scripture, it's always about you are just dead last. And there is in that attitude of saying like you and I, we do not matter when it comes to making sure that I am the center of the world and I'm the center. I'm not the center of my home. I am the slave of all. 
Is, am I, I going to entrust that God's going to love me and care for me? Absolutely. Am I going to trust that my wife is going to sacrifice and, and, and care for me and love me and follow my direction? Absolutely. Am I going to trust that my church is going to come around me and take care of me? Absolutely. But in, in all of that, I'm still not going to say, well, I'm going to be the most important. I'm going to say, instead, I'm going to, because I know these things are true, that God cares about me, my spouse is there for me, my church family is there for me, my work is going to make sure as I'm working hard, they're going to provide financially for my needs. All these things, I can say no to myself because I know as I say yes to all these other things, they are designed as I live them out in a godly way, as I make personal sacrifices and work hard. God has created the economy of society as we submit to the Lord to make sure that we're taken care of. If you find, if you notice, and even life groupers just think, and I know that you guys are smart enough to know this, but just look out there. Who are the people who are always in so much need? You got to ask yourself the question, are they prioritizing God? And generally, I'm not talking about the exceptions, the natural disasters, the you know, things when people have, a, have a, a unique, hard situation, but I'm saying in general, do they prioritize God with their life, their time, their finances, their resources? Now, how is their marriage? I mean, a lot of people who are in these problems, yeah, well, my spouse, we, we, we divorced, we left, well, okay, all right, okay, all right. What about my kids? Yeah, my kids, we don't, we don't really talk anymore. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, what about your church family? Well, I don't really go, I don't go to church. Okay, all right. Uh, what about your work? Well, you know, I've just been in between jobs. Okay, <laughs> you see, this is the general uh, profile of these kinds of people. And it, maybe there, it's a derivative of, of this list, but we just find that people struggle so much because they will not prioritize what God calls us to prioritize. And so for you in your life group this week, in way of reminder, or maybe you're teaching them something new, say it takes personal sacrifice and hard work towards these eternal priorities. Uh, if we want our life to ultimately have a great significance and meaning this year and moving forward. Well, Life Group Leaders, I'm so thankful that you spent some time listening to this. I, I'd like to give you some announcements and maybe some stuff that could give you some encouragement as you're thinking about the uh, next few months of our church. Obviously, Life Groups are back starting this week. I'm grateful for that. Uh, life Groups do a lot, and uh, this holiday season reminds me that uh, when you spend a lot of time out of life group, you don't recognize how much your communal commitment to one another mitigates evil, mitigates sin, mitigates temptation, um, bolsters community and love and care for one another. And it's often when, when we take this time off that we recognize, oof, okay, we, we notice that community does a lot more than sometimes I think we realize. And even if we realize it, uh, uh, you know, uh, intellectually, uh, that sometimes we forget practically how important it is to make sure that we're gathering together more. So I'm glad we're back this week. We have a men's Bible study this Saturday, 9 a.m. here at the church. I want to remind all you, you men to be there. We gave you the new, uh, the new setup for that, so life group leaders, you know kind of your responsibilities there. Uh, we have baptisms that uh, Sunday, so just a reminder to share with your life group that if anyone needs to get baptized, it's... Excuse me. It is time for that. It's time for them to to take up the mantle of, of, of their faith to say we're going to publicly declare and proclaim what God has done on our behalf uh, it, through the symbol of of baptism. And so I just encourage you to implore and exhort those in your life group to register for our baptism service. And then finally, I was really encouraged by our next steps project update. You know, almost a hundred and seven thousand dollars given of our hundred and fifty thousand dollar goal. 
And I do think that we're going to reach that goal. I trust that we do. And I pray that if you as a life group leader have not won, uh, thought about and prayed about how you would consider giving that you would. Uh, I mean, it would make sense that if you're not doing those things, the people in your life group aren't doing those things. And so uh, I would encourage you to be praying for that. You know, every every dollar counts towards that. And uh, for you to be able to uh, be above reproach to say, hey, have you thought about giving and have you prayed about giving to the Next Steps Project? Because you as a life group leader are going to be a lot more likely to talk about the Next Steps Project if you yourself are involved in the Next Steps Project. And there's going to be a conviction of like, well, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not giving or I'm not praying about it. And so I just encourage you, no one's asking uh, you to give the remainder of the amount, just that you would say, hey, I want to be a part of what God's doing. And as a leader of this church, it would be paramount for you to say, I'm going to take part in this in one way or the other. Uh, Secondly, as we're thinking about this Next Step project, there's a lot of space in our building, and our build team has already been meeting, and we've been praying and thinking through, you know, what is the best use of space? And so we actually have this uh, this plan and uh, this desire to preserve the pavilion. And what I mean by that is to allow the pavilion to remain kind of what it's doing right now, a big open space uh, that can facilitate uh, big events, uh, receptions like the wedding we had the other day. I mean, students, kids, uh, our big celebrations that we have, other classes that we want to have, big big uh, gatherings that we want to have. Uh, and we've actually thought and, and started considering what it would look like to move this construction that we're doing to the other side of the warehouse, the areas that we don't use, an area that already has plumbing for bathrooms so we don't have to create bathrooms, which is one of the most expensive uh, aspects of any construction. Uh, Why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this to say, hey, you know, God is up to something. And uh, at the end of the day, we're not going to, I'm not going to present this to the whole church right now, because at the end of the day, we don't know if we're going to have enough money to do it. And so for you to be praying that God would provide, uh, if he does, if he provides only the exact amount that we asked for, I I can assume that we're probably going to continue doing the construction in the pavilion, but it would be wonderful to have to have it both ways, to continue keeping the pavilion as a big open space, as a resource for our church to have a multi-purpose space, and then to to go over to that east warehouse and create the permanent kids' classrooms. Because right now, as we look at the pavilion, we we haven't planned on putting up permanent walls, permanent classrooms, and so it's still in a setup and tear down situation. Even if we do the the renovation, uh, but we have this cool opportunity if we, if we raise a little bit more than 150, that we could go create permanent spaces for the kids. Uh, and they'll never have to move. They can stay over there as long as is uh, is our church uh, is grow is, is doesn't grow to the place where we'll have to put an auditorium over there in the future. But even that to think about, we could have for the next two, three, five years permanent kids classrooms over there in the the uh, the east warehouse. And um, you know, right now the build team is is putting some numbers together to figure out what it would look like to submit a plan to the city for permanent kids' classrooms over there while maintaining and still getting permits for the pavilion to make it a 24-7 facility, put sprinklers over there, put fire alarms over there, so that we can, above reproach, use that pavilion whenever we want. But then we could, instead of having, you know, 16,000 square foot in in the middle and then 4,500 square foot in the pavilion, we would also then include 3,000 square feet over there uh, in in the East Warehouse for l- just a little bit more money. And so 
Of course, the, the plans are detailed, and I don't have all the time to tell you all those plans here, but just to think about the, the how cool it would be to say, hey, instead of having you know, 20,000 square feet, we had a 23, we'd have 24,000 square feet and have plenty of space to grow into as a church as we're thinking, how do we steward our resources well? And so something to be praying about, I don't necessarily be sharing this with everybody. I just thought you as life group leaders, I, th- I think it'd be wonderful for you to be praying about this. At the end of the day, we're going to do what God's word and God's will tells us to do. At the end of the day, we're not going to extend our church financially beyond something that we believe that we can accomplish. Um, and so, with that being said, you know we're just going to pray, and we're gonna we're gonna wait for God to uh, we're gonna wait for God to uh, give us a clarity on on what to do. And if that means that we just continue doing the pavilion work, then we're just going to keep doing the pavilion work. Uh, but if God so provides the the resources and uh, the open door to uh, com- finish doing a little bit of work in the pavilion, make sure we can wrap that up and make sure it's 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 uh, the work that we need to do in there is done, and then move our attention over to that east warehouse and spend the the bulk of this finance over there to create permanent space, permanent bathrooms. Uh, for our kids, then we would say absolutely we'd love to do that. And so just be praying for that. I thought it'd be cool to end this uh, podcast, first podcast of the new year giving you just a little bit of a vision uh, cast, a little bit of a, a thought and a plan that perhaps God would uh, would uh, fulfill that need in, as we pray and as we consider how we're going to give. So with that being said, Life Group Leaders, I'm grateful for you guys. I love you guys dearly and praying for a great year of ministry here at Compass.